Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast, adding a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to make your Tuesday just right. Here's your hosts, Lisa and Olivia. Why shouldn't musicians be musicians, right? There's so many musicians, there's so many songs, but why should, you know, let's say Ed Sheeran, whom I love, why did Ed Sheeran have to come out and play perfect, right? Because there was this, there, it didn't exist yet. Um, and people want to listen to new songs all the time and people are going to like him and some people are not, but there are always going to be new, new singers. There's always going to be new restaurants, like new restaurants shouldn't stop opening because there's a million Italian restaurants out there, right? There's every person brings a specific new something to, to the world. And I feel like if you look at it that way, like what are you trying to bring into the world? Um, that's kind of where you want to start. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper podcast. My name is Olivia. I'm still here. I'm still alive. I'm still kicking. And uh, I'm in the same room I've been in for probably as long as you've been in your room, which is uh, you can't even count on your fingers how long this has been going on. But I will say again, I my schedule hasn't really changed that much, which if anything, it's taught me that my schedule's pretty screwed up if I don't even notice uh, many things changing in quarantine. Um, but I do notice that I miss people. I miss friends. I miss going out to eat just like most of you. Um, I miss Lisa. Uh, sitting across from me making looks when I make really, really long intros like this one. Um, but I will say that Lisa um, officially had her baby. So let's all give her a congratulations, little Maverick Storm Valerian Brosser. I had to like really pace that one out because I was afraid I was going to say something wrong. Um, was brought into this world like five days ago and Lisa told me that she had the best delivery. Um, she said it literally like it was quick and it was amazing. So I'm really excited for when she comes back so she can give us a whole play by play. Um, you know, I'm going to, of course, ask her all the dirty details. Like we, we want to know it all. Um, and I'm excited to meet the little babe once, uh, once all this craziness is over. Anyway, um, my name is Olivia. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, I feel like I don't need a structure to my intros because there's not a structure to the world. So like, why do I need a structure to my intros? You know what I mean? Um, plus this is totally off the cuff. Like I have nothing sitting in front of me. So we're just going to see how this goes together. Anyway, one more time. Let's get back to it. My name is Olivia. Um, I'm the creator of Olivia Corinne. Um, it's a free photo editing resource for you guys on Instagram. I give away tips and tricks on how to edit. Um, I am the co-founder of Velvet and Fur, which is a polymer clay earring business. Um, and Olivia Corinne Wedding Films, um, which has been a new recent development in my life. Um, and my website is officially done. So that has been fun. That is who I am. Um, We have a really great interview for you guys. So, or we, I mean, I do, I guess. So um, let's get to the silver lining of the week. So my silver lining this week 
Um, oh, <laughs> I'm back. I forgot for a second. So, I mean, there's like a lot of things going on in the world. Um, and I think there is a lot to be said for any type of silver lining coming out of what's going on. But right now we're going to talk about skin because, um, you know, you really don't take that you know, there's no better time to really take a good look at your skin or your significant other's skin than in quarantine. Um, or like when you're laying next to them or, or you're staring at yourself in the mirror and you're just looking at your skin in a, like a really deep and personal way. Um, well, anyway, haven't been wearing makeup that much. Um, I actually ran out of foundation and concealer like a week ago, but haven't really needed to get more. A, because like I guess I'll order it and B, I'm not really wearing it unless I'm doing photos. The only time I've gotten ready is to do photos. Anyway, tangent, I, my skin was breaking out a ton and I'm like, why is my skin breaking out if I'm not even wearing makeup and I have a good routine and I'm like doing my whole thing, you know, like the thing that I do that I've always done, which is like be obsessive about my skin, um, breaking out like the little bumps, you know, you get, I'm literally pointing at, at my forehead right now talking to you guys, you know, the bumps you get like on your, your face, like on your cheek and then like on your forehead was getting those, didn't know what was going on, found out I was taking way too much biotin. I mean, I know there's like a recommended dose, but I recently got some cause I realized I forgot, I forgot t- to start taking biotin again started taking biotin, was taking probably four times the amount of the recommended dose, (laughs) which sounds really bad. Um, And I looked it up and I guess too much biotin, like biotin's good for your hair and nails, um, but it is not good if you overdo it. So I was getting um, a lot of issues with my skin. So I cut back on that, but it took like a couple weeks, I think, for it to like detox and now I'm back. I I mean, it's it's not like a 10 out of 10, like skin wise, but it's not like how it was. So that's my silver lining. That's what we're doing. I want to get right into the show because it's kind of a long one. Um, plus, there's no reason for me to keep ranting by myself in my room. Um, so today on the show, we have Gwen Lane. I found Gwen through, I believe it was the Skinny Confidential business group, which if you're an influencer or I guess not even just an influencer, but if you're, if you have a business, it's a really fun group. It's like just a bunch of women who have businesses. And I posted my TikTok in there because I had just um, started a TikTok at this point in time, asked for some good accounts to follow. She commented underneath it. Um, I started watching your TikToks so valuable, so informative. Um, I will put her TikTok handle in the show notes below. And um, then I found her on Instagram and she is amazing. She is the founder of The LA Girl, which is a blog. Um, She is a travel influencer and an influencer in LA. Um, She's also a coach and a teacher. Um, She started the Spark School. It's a teacher. um, It's a teacher. It's a school for influencers to build their brand and to not just um, build one facet of their brand, but to expand and have... um, like many different lanes that they can go in um, to make an income and to really truly build a brand. Um, And we talk so much about that today, so I'm not even going to get into it. Um, She also is the founder of The Spark Show, uh, which is a podcast, and she has amazing guests on, talks about influencing, talks about this entire world. Um, It was so fun to talk to her. 
I will tell you guys, we we had some major technical difficulties. Um, I guess everyone and their mother is on Zoom right now. So um, the, the, the show cut out about four times um, and we kind of had to restart. But I, I will say that I think it, it, it was put back together nicely. But if there's little glitches in there, that's why. Um, but I was super grateful to have Gwen on this show. And I hope you guys get a lot um, of value from what she, she talked about. I know I did. I really learned a lot. Um, So I'm excited for you guys to um, virtually meet her and I will put all of her information below. So Gwen, let's shake it up, shall we? Um, Okay, well, uh, I'm sitting here with Gwen Lane, but not really sitting here. I'm sitting across from her voice. Um, Thank you for being on the show. I'm excited to have you here. Thank you so much, Olivia, for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. Yeah, this is so fun and and cool. I love 2020. We can do anything now. (laughs) Um, Do you want to just tell me uh, or tell us, I guess, just a little bit about you and how you got started doing what you were doing in in a short way, if you can? (laughs) Sure, I'll try. It is a long story, but pretty much I had to do like a short synopsis, like a Netflix show that you're like deciding if you're going to watch. Basically, I was a digital marketing expert turned blogger, influencer, entrepreneur, and now coach for influencers and entrepreneurs. And I create a lot of content. I'm on a lot of platforms. Olivia found me on TikTok. And I love (laughs) helping people uh, create valuable content so that they can build a personal brand grow a following that they can serve and really make an impact in an income at the same time. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I that I love about your content is like right when I go onto your TikTok and right when I go onto your Instagram, I know who you are, what you're about, and it's like it's like this instant understanding of who you are. And I think that's so important in this day and age to have that because you are competing. Like, I think there is room at the table for everyone, but you are competing with a lot of people. And so um, obviously you've done such a good job um, of marketing yourself and providing value, which um, I mean, you've provided me with so much value, even in the little time that, you know, I've I've followed you. And so um yeah, I think it's awesome. But anyway, um, before you got in this industry, what what were you doing that propelled you into starting a blog and becoming an influencer and everything? So my last life, my old life, yeah. <laughs> my previous life before I was able to work for myself, um, I worked in marketing. So I worked in digital marketing and social media in the entertainment industry for about 12 years before I was able to leave um, and do my own thing. So people always think that, you know, oh, you came out of nowhere or like this just happened. I'm like, no, it didn't. (laughs) I've been at this for a while, right? And before there was Instagram, before there was, you know, blogging and all that stuff, I was already trying to learn as much as I can. I was an entrepreneur at heart, even um, as a little kid, I was selling things on the school bus. Um, This was like uh, 30 years in the making kind of thing, because that's another thing is people don't understand that I didn't start my blog until I was 30. And a lot of people who are in their twenties now are like, it's too late. It's too saturated. And I'm like, if Mm. I could start something at 30 and start running a six figure business and quit my job, it's not too late for you either. 
Oh, totally. You remind me of Gary V. Do you listen to him? Yes, I do. And <laughs> I love what he says. Like, even if you're 40, if you're going to do this until you're 100, you still have time. So much time. I know I always tell people um, I recently started a business with a friend and she's not in this space at all. And and it's that very common thing of like, am I too old to do this? And I'm like, the guy who created Grey Goose Vodka was like 87 or something like that. Like, if he can do it, you can do it. Exactly. I, I don't think I think a lot of the times even I and I'm sure you have we have sometimes used time as an excuse. Right. And re- usually it's an underlying fear of judgment or rejection or failure. Um, And this is what I love helping my students on is in realizing that it is an excuse that we use, but what is the underlying issue and how can we deal with that? And how can we look at that and get past it so that we can move forward? Oh, totally. And I think it's really important. I I remember I had written in my notes to talk to you about oversaturation. And then I was listening to your podcast and you had like a whole podcast on it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to talk to her about this. Um, Because I think one important thing that really stuck out to me when you were talking is that you did say it was an excuse. It's like, A, you're kind of calling people out. Like, let's go ahead and admit this. Let's admit we're making excuses right now so that we can deal with it and we can change it. And I think a lot of people don't want to admit that they're making an excuse. But if you do, then you can do then you can like find a way to fix those things, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Oversaturation is kind of one of the biggest objections that I get from people who want to start building a personal brand, want to start on Instagram, want to start on TikTok. They're like, there's so many people doing it. And so that's like, okay, if that thought can stop you, then that's fine don't because there's going to be so many other challenges. Um, So yeah, that's definitely one thing that comes up every time I talk to someone who's like, I'm interested, but, and there's always that first, Mm. but, and then there's like all these millions excuses. And that's the thing, right? If you don't get over that, you don't even get to play the game. You don't even get to try. Oh, totally. And if you don't have a firm foundation at the beginning and like you said, if you're starting with an excuse, then when the really big, actually kind of scary stuff starts to happen and you're hitting walls and you feel like you're depressed and you're crying and all this stuff, it's like (laughs) you're not going to be able to get through that if you look at Susie, who has a hundred more followers than you, which we all have done that. I mean, that was like the first couple years of what I did, just kind of mindlessly copying people. Um, and we don't even know we're doing it. And I, it's just, I think it's so important to recognize that there are a lot of hard things, but you can do it. You can push through it if you find the tools. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what advice would you give to somebody who? who is going to be starting like let's say somebody wants to start and be an influencer or a content creator right now what would you tell them yeah so the first thing i would start away like deal with okay what are the objections and most of the time it's like oh there's so many other people doing it already and like you said i had to do a whole episode on this because it was just something that kept coming up and maybe i was a little sick of like saying the same thing over and over again so i'd be like here's a link go listen um so it's like the same reason why you know why shouldn't musicians be musicians right? Mm -hmm. There's so many musicians, there's so many songs, but why should, you know, let's say Ed Sheeran, whom I love, why did Ed Sheeran have to come out and play perfect, right? Because there was this, it didn't exist yet. 
um, and people want to listen to new songs all the time and people are going to like him and some people are not, but there are always going to be new, new singers. There's always going to be new restaurants, like new restaurants shouldn't stop opening because there's a million Italian restaurants out there. Right. There's Mm -hmm. every person brings a specific new something to to the world and I feel like if you look at it that way like what are you trying to bring into the world um that's kind of where you want to start so kind of like what you were saying before about copying people if you're copying people then of course it's not going to work because people can already get that from someone else but what is it unique that you could bring and it doesn't have to be something revolutionary or a new invention or something that doesn't exist. It could just be the way you do things and the way you talk about things that resonate with people and really asking yourself, what is the impact I want to make? I'm all about impact first. How do I want to help people with what I'm doing? Like having that foundation, like you said, of what is it you want to do and who do you want to help? is going to be like the first step. Oh my gosh, you're just, you're speaking to my soul. I think we need to talk every day (laughs) because I just like, yeah, I mean, everything you're saying is so true. I can't even tell you the minute I stopped trying to buy the outfits I saw on my favorite bloggers and pose in their certain way was the minute that I started actually gaining a following, which isn't as important, but like gaining a community of people. And it was almost, it wasn't immediate because nothing in life is, but it's like when I flipped that switch in my brain, it's almost like all of this creativity came out and I just stopped caring about what people thought. And I just think if every single creative can just stop caring and just post what they want to post, they would they would totally start growing. I mean, it would still be work, but yeah, it's just so important. Yeah, I totally agree. I think just like you said, I like love that you are giving yourself the space to think about, okay, who am I? Who what do I want to post and who am I talking to and what do they want to see from me and what do they want to get from me instead of like, oh, let's do what she's doing. Because like, again, like there's so many people doing what everyone else is doing. It is saturated in the fact that everyone's trying to copy everyone. So you want to be the one that isn't doing that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I yeah, everything you're saying, it's it's so true. You have, I mean, you just have to provide value. I think gone are the days of being able to post a cool photo with a funny caption, which you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. And I think that there are people still doing it and that's their niche. But I don't think that you can just start an Instagram and start doing that now because you need to, like you said, you need to serve. Like, how can I serve you? Like Gary Vee always says, like, jab, 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 right hook. You know, like, how can I keep shoving free stuff at you and helping you because then you are building a community that just wants to help you in return it's it's so cool that we can do that on social media now exactly and I think that you know also if you're starting right now you kind of need to have your big vision in mind and when I say big vision is like what is it you want to do with this is this just for fun is this Um, you know, your free value to the world that you're never going to monetize and you're totally okay with that? Or is it going to be a business? Because those are two different avenues. And if you do want to make it a business, 
uh, a business makes money, right? A business uh, has to have some profit in it for it to keep running. So those are two different things. And I always say that even with TikTok, I'm like, is TikTok for fun? Because if it is great, you don't have to care about what you're posting or how many people or where you're driving them to. But if you are doing this as a business, if you want to quit your full-time job, if this is something that needs to pay the bills, then that's a different approach altogether. Yeah, for sure. And I and I think a lot of times for some reason now I think it's viewed at uh, viewed as like negatively like being an influencer and like making money from it and viewing this as a business and it's like this is a business and it's hard work and if you're providing value and you're doing amazing you know courses and classes and coaching like you and podcasting it's like why can't this be a business yeah we just have to keep providing value or I don't think that there is there's a point unless it is for fun like you said which is totally fine if it is right I mean some people just want to do it for fun and then it turns into something huge and then they're like okay how do I monetize so that's totally fine too Uh, but it does help when if you already know that you're going to turn into a business and speaking back into your Um, your comment about people being negative about making money or sales. I usually find that people who do react negatively to that, it's just people with an unhealthy money mindset. And it's people who Mm. think sales is icky or sales is sleazy or any of that stuff, which, you know, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, if you have those blocks, it's going to really prevent you from making money if you think money sucks. Um, And it's (laughs) it's working on those beliefs that I've really had to um, to work on. And that's what I coach a lot of my students on because they're like, Oh, I want to work with brands and I want to make tons of money, but I feel weird or weird or icky about it. And I'm like, how are you going to make money if you feel weird about it? And so there's a lot of people just because of the way we grew up, and society and culture where we have this negative thing about money. Um, and I just don't think it personally when people say something like, oh, you're a sellout because you provided this. And I'm like, well, the news re- recommends people, recommends products and magazines recommend products. And, you know, Apple's not evil for selling iPhones. You keep buying one every year. <laughs> so when you put it in that yeah. perspective, it's like, is, you know, a car company evil for selling cars no because you need a car to get to places and what are if if you're selling to people something that they need and that can help them then it doesn't become a bad thing oh yeah i yeah that's so good and and i think it all comes back to building a community as well that are going to trust you when you promote a product or run an ad i mean i I can't tell you how many people I follow where it's like ad after ad after ad and I'm like but I just don't know if I can trust you because you're I can tell you're kind of just doing this for the money which that's fine if that's what you want your business to be but if you're selective like the skinny confidential is somebody I always look at because she uses the products she talks about she she shows the world because she believes in them and I think it's so important to have um like your mission statement and like you said what is your brand about and who do you want to be within all of this because then selling is going to be a lot easier and the money will definitely come you know exactly i'm a big fan of the skinny confidential as well and i love how she talks about what she wants to talk about and then she recommends brands that she believes in and she's built such a great community that they trust her and they're willing to try or that what she recommends and if they don't want to it's fine 
and they could still get the value from all her other stuff. And that's kind of our job as the content creator, as the influencer, to be able to, you know, serve our audience, whether they buy something from us or not. Yeah, I love it when she says, um, take what you like and leave what you don't. (laughs) I'm like, just live by that motto and then just do whatever you want unless it's hurting somebody, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, So I, when you first started um, in the influencer space, uh, when did you start seeing maybe not monetary, but like, when did you start working with brands? And how did that look for you when you when you first started? So I started my blog in 2015, which was five years ago now, which seems like yesterday. And um, when I first started out, I actually started out on Twitter even before the blog. And Twitter was kind of the, you know, it place to be. And I was retweeting a lot of Um, articles on LA and I wanted to I got the handle the LA girl luckily I didn't know why it was not taken yet Um, because I'm from LA I grew up in LA um, and I knew a lot of places that you know people would always ask me um, where to go because I'm from here Um, and so I just started retweeting and tweeting about LA and I was like, why am I sending these people to other people's websites? Why don't I have my own? And that's when I started the blog shortly after, um, no one was reading my blog in the beginning. I was just writing what I thought people, you know, uh, wanted to read about and kind of the questions that I would get from friends. Um, and so I just started and then Instagram kind of became a thing. It launched shortly after my blog. Um, or it was already there, but that's when I started it. And then that's when I really started to build that following um, and starting to see that bloggers were now, you know, starting to build their brand on Instagram. And um, maybe it was a couple months in uh, when I started getting reached out to by brands to post for them. And at first it was just like, come to the food festival, we'll give you free tickets if you post about it. And I would get event invites and free products. But it wasn't until maybe six months in that I started getting offers to get paid to post. And the the offers were about like $50, $100 at the time. So it wasn't enough to make a living, but about maybe a two to three months after that, I was actually reached out by a major fitness brand. And that was my first $5,000 brand deal offer. Wow. That, I mean, that's so soon after you started, like two to six months. I feel like that's unheard of now. Um, were you, were you just like over the moon or was it one of those things like, I don't really get what's going on because not a lot of people are doing this right now type of thing. Right. So luckily I worked in digital marketing. And so uh, the company that I worked for already was working with YouTube creators and YouTube was already a thing at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, So influencer marketing existed already a long time ago. Like now, um, you know, it's it's more like celebrity endorsements, right? Before when you would see like Serena Williams wearing Nike and Mm -hmm. like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, they would wear a watch or drive a certain car. And it was the same thing on a micro level, but then was starting to happen with YouTube creators first, I think. And then bloggers starting doing it on their blogs. Um, And then mommy bloggers kind of became the evolution. And then Instagram influencers was kind of like the third or fourth wave of that. 
And so I have been in the marketing industry for a very long time, so I've already seen that happen. Um, and so I was more familiar with it, and I think that's the unique perspective that I do have when coaching my students is I have the brand marketing side where I was the one choosing influencers to work with at my job, so I know what brands are looking for, and then I'm also an influencer on the other side, so I know what influencers are asking and what questions they have on like, how does this work? How do I get paid? Is there a standard rate? Um, like, what are the tax implications and stuff like that? So there's like two different places. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my thing is like, oh, I was doing this at work on the other side and now I can shift over to the content creator and do both. That's so cool. That's so awesome. You have both perspectives. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I just I just started a brand with my friend and I started reaching out to influencers as a brand. And it is right. such a different experience being like, oh, my gosh, I see it now. So like I see it so clearly now from the other perspective. And yeah, you wouldn't normally get, you know, a view like that. So I think it's important to understand both sides. Definitely. It, it makes a lot more sense when you see both perspectives. Um, but a lot of influencers, you know, don't have that experience. And really, when people started asking me these questions on how did you start working with brands? How do I monetize? I really felt the call to be that person to share this insight with the influencers. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's amazing. And it's amazing that people can just come to you or come to your podcast and get so much uh, insight in such a short amount of time. It, I mean, it's valuable content. Um, okay, one quick second. I just wanted to pop in here and let you guys know that during this hard time, we want to spread a little bit of love uh, just in a simple way. Uh, you may have seen on our Instagram that we posted about our handmade salt and pepper scrunchies. Well, we want to give you a free scrunchie. Uh, we have all new colors like black. We have black glitter, uh, silver, silver glitter, of course, teal, white silk. Um, they're so cute. My favorite is the teal. Um, I always want to wear black scrunchies, but I have black hair, so the teal just pops perfectly. Um, anyway, all you have to do is head to Apple Podcasts, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Then just feature this new episode on your stories on Instagram and tag us. Uh, you can just comment on a recent post letting us know you did that or just DM us and we will get that scrunchie out to you. Love you guys. Now, let's get back to the show. <laughs> The I feel like there's like one dreaded question everybody asks, which is usually like, how do I know how much to charge? Like, what do what do I do? So for you, when you first started, did you have a rate or did you like know what you were worth or did it slowly like progress? Well, there is an industry standard for Instagram and there is one for YouTube as well. And so it's not set in stone. It's not like the minimum wage law. It's just something that um, as brands worked with influencers more and started, you know, getting into influencer marketing even more, it just became like a trend. But it's not set in stone. There's influencers who charge a lot higher and there's influencers that would take lower than that rate. And for Instagram, uh, the usual benchmark is $100 for uh, a post for anyone who has 10K followers, so 10,000 followers. Um, 
So it's around that rate. But what I like to do is because I have multiple platforms. I have the blog, I have Twitter, I have Facebook. Um, I have Facebook groups, I have an email newsletter. I do stories. I actually um, try to get that rate higher for me. And I also tell my students to do it so that they can create more of a package rather than mm. just a one-off deal. And so if influencers are trying to do this full time, like $100 for one post, doesn't seem like a lot but maybe you could do like a 12-month deal with a brand that you really love that you're willing to promote once a month and it becomes a $1,200 deal oh. and that starts to become a little more uh, attractive and maybe closer to what you need to make for your salary. Yeah, that's really, yeah, that's really good insight. I think that probably goes back to why a lot of um, maybe micro influencers are doing so many ads and so many deals um, because they want to be able to do it full time, but maybe they're only charging a hundred or two hundred dollars. I mean, you would need to do so many ads to even just pay your normal bills if you were doing it that way. Exactly. And so it's, it's good to diversify and like figure out different revenue streams. Um, there's definitely a lot of opportunity because once you have an audience, and that's why it's so important to serve your audience, is once you have that audience, there's a lot of different ways to monetize, not just working with brands. Um, and that's kind of what I help my students do is to look at their overall business plan and what different revenue streams they want to explore because it doesn't just have to be an advertising business. Yeah, no, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense. Would you say that um, there, I think things have changed a lot with, you know, the amount of followers that you have compared to your engagement. Do you think that that, that um, marker that you put on $100 for... Um, did you say 10,000 followers? Yes, yeah, so 10,000 followers. Yeah, I think a lot of brands are also looking at engagement rates. So if you have a higher engagement rate than normal, um, then you can definitely charge more. And then there's some people who are professional photographers and charge a lot more because then the brand can use that photo on their website and their other content. So you can actually get paid to create that content and to to give them permission and they call it usage or licensing that content to that brand because the brands also need content right mm -hmm. and so it's not just about the ads so there can be a lot much more than just posting on your Instagram yeah I mean and then you can be multifaceted too and I I just saw the other day I think it was Mallory on the moon I don't know if you follow her but she had styled a shoot for mod cloth and she wasn't in any of the photos but she had styled it and and I'm like wow I think that that is definitely could be the next wave of what influencers do is being able to work with brands on a different level and they're being used for their vision instead of just being in the photos and I think that that's really fulfilling too as a content creator to be like you don't just want me for maybe like how I look but you want me for my vision exactly well coming from the advertising space I know that there are brands that hire a whole production company, right? For tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars to hire a photographer, a producer, an editor, a model, a hair and makeup stylist, and an influencer, you're actually getting all of that in one, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're actually getting all those things in one. Definitely, it, it makes a lot more sense when you see both perspectives, um, but a lot of influencers 
you know, don't have that experience. And really, when people started asking me these questions on how did you start working with brands? How do I monetize? I really felt the call to be that person to share this insight with the influencers. Yeah, that's I mean, that's amazing. And it's amazing that people can just come to you or come to your podcast and get so much uh, insight in such a short amount of time. It, I mean, it's valuable content. Um, the I feel like there's like one dreaded question everybody asks, which is usually like, how do I know how much to charge? Like, what do what do I do? So for you, when you first started, did you have a rate or did you like know what you were worth or did it slowly like progress? Well, there is an industry standard for Instagram and there is one for YouTube as well. And so it's not set in stone. It's not like the minimum wage law. It's just something that um, as brands worked with influencers more and started, you know, getting into influencer marketing even more, it just became like a trend. But it's not set in stone. There's influencers who charge a lot higher and there's influencers that would take lower than that rate. And for Instagram, uh, the usual benchmark is $100 for uh, a post for anyone who has 10K followers, so 10,000 followers. Um, so it's around that rate. But what I like to do is because I have multiple platforms. I have the blog, I have Twitter, I have Facebook. Um, I have Facebook groups, I have an email newsletter, I do stories. I actually um, try to get that rate higher for me. And I also tell my students to do it so that they can create more of a package rather than mm. just a one-off deal. And so if influencers are trying to do this full time, like $100 for one post, doesn't seem like a lot, but maybe you could do like a 12 month deal with a brand that you really love that you're willing to promote once a month and it becomes a $1,200 deal. Oh. And that starts to become a little more uh, attractive and maybe closer to what you need to make for your salary. Yeah, that's really, yeah, that's really good insight. I think that probably goes back to why a lot of um, maybe micro influencers are doing so many ads and so many deals um, because they want to be able to do it full time, but maybe they're only charging 100 or $200. I mean, you would need to do so many ads to even just pay your normal bills if you were doing it that way. Exactly. And so it's, it's good to diversify and like figure out different revenue streams. Um, there's definitely a lot of opportunity because once you have an audience, and that's why it's so important to serve your audience, is once you have that audience, there's a lot of different ways to monetize, not just working with brands. Um, and that's kind of what I help my students do is to look at their overall business plan and what different revenue streams they want to explore because it doesn't just have to be an advertising business. Yeah, no, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense. Would you say that... Um there, I think things have changed a lot with, you know, the amount of followers that you have compared to your engagement. Do you think that that, that um, marker that you put on $100 for, um, did you say 10,000 followers? Yes. Yeah, so 10,000 followers. Yeah. I think a lot of brands are also looking at engagement rates. So if you have a higher engagement rate than normal, um, then you can definitely charge more. And then there's some people who are professional photographers and charge a lot more because then the brand can use that photo on their website and their other content. So you can actually get paid to create that content and 
to give them permission. They call it usage or licensing that content to that brand because the brands also need content, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's not just about the ads. So there can be a lot much more than just posting on your Instagram. Yeah, I mean, and then you can be multifaceted too. And I, I just saw the other day, I think it was Mallory on the moon. I don't know if you follow her, but she had styled a shoot for mod cloth and she wasn't in any of the photos, but she had styled it. And, and I'm like, wow, I think that that is definitely could be the next wave of what influencers do is being able to work with brands on a different level and they're being used for their vision instead of just being in the photos. And I think that that's really fulfilling too, as a content creator to be like, you don't just want me for maybe like how I look, but you want me for my vision. Exactly. Well, coming from the advertising space, I know that there are brands that hire a whole production company, right? For tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars to hire a photographer, a producer, an editor, a model, a hair and makeup stylist, and an influencer, you're actually getting all of that in one. Right. So you're actually getting all those things in one, Um, especially because like I started doing TikToks and I wasn't in any of the first ones. And then little by little, I was doing, okay, just like some of my face. And then it was like, okay, maybe I'll like talk in this one. So it is kind of like that slow progression, you know, instead of just diving right into it. Yeah. Did anyone say anything bad about your face? (laughs) in their heads (laughs) I didn't think so Olivia (laughs) (laughs) no it's true and I will say I I always say this like and I know this is obviously just a phrase I'm not like saying I'm pretty but like I don't I always say I don't want to just be another pretty face like I don't want to be known for what I look like but I'm still focused on that and so I it I really do need to get over that hump. And so thanks for the free counseling session. (laughs) You're welcome. I'm here all day. (laughs) Perfect. Unless we get cut off again for the fourth time. (laughs) That's true. Um, So, well, this like leads me perfectly. And I just have a couple more things I want to ask you. But um, being like paralyzed by perfection and um, getting into that space of maybe not producing content unless it's perfect and everything is good. What, how do you coach your students on that? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a very, very common challenge that a lot of us look at because what we do is we create a standard of perfect based on other people's feeds. So they're like, oh, but she travels all the time. I only travel once a year. Like, how am I going to compete with that? And the answer is don't. Right. And so there's a difference between being creative and being perfect. So if you need to flex your creative muscle because you know you need better lighting well then shoot at a great time like you don't need a whole studio shoot like closer to sunrise or closer to sunset so I do a lot of daylight um shooting and I don't do um I don't have to have a whole crew with me and people are always like oh it's because of my camera no I I post a lot from my (laughs) phone it's just making sure that it's not blurry so like tapping on the face to focus right and like getting to know your phone and so Again, a lot of excuses that I hear, and it's really about, okay, do you want to do this? Do you want to provide value? And if you do, you figure it out. And so a lot of the people that I see that are successful, you know, they're using their tripod and a timer. And I do this too when I'm traveling alone or my Instagram husband isn't with me, right? I You have to get resourceful and you have to be willing to do what it takes. Um, and back to the perfectionism, it's like, you, the one thing is knowing that there is no such thing as perfect, 
right? Whenever you see a thing like a, a photo that's done, when is it going to be perfect? <laughs> After or, I work on it for five hours. <laughs> exactly. It's still probably not going to be perfect. And so yeah, one of my mentors told me, they said that um, it's like 70% is, is, is done. Like it's, it's good to go mm. because if you keep trying for that 30%, that could take 30 days and your people are going to be like, where's the next post? Like what happened to you? You know? So it's, it's less about, you know, trying to come up with a perfect thing because if you just tell yourself and you need to change your belief on this is that there is no such thing as perfect. Yeah, it's true. I have been blown away by the people using tripods and like their creativity, especially with what's going on in the world right now. It's forced me out of that, you know, that need to have perfection. And I've seen so many creators become like if there's any positive that's come from this, it's people are being so innovative. And it's it's honestly like inspiring to see what is going on with social media right now. Yeah, I, I'm loving it. Like all these people I see on TikTok doing um photo shoots you know just by going around their neighborhood and it goes to show like yeah. you don't need to you know have a set and stuff like that and those are nice to haves but in this case where we're in this time you you really see who is adjusting and becoming more resourceful and who really are the people are getting extra creative and i i am also in awe of those people as well and if you are listening to this this is a chance for you to kind of discover if this is what you really want to do and how far you're willing to go to do it. Yeah, you, you always got to make it work even even when things aren't working out, you know, and that I mean, that can be hard, but you really are seeing the people who want it the most right now, especially. So um, the last one of the last questions I have for you is uh, what do you do when you hit a wall and how do you get out of that maybe that negative mindset or a fear-based mindset um, what would you tell someone who would, would just says but Gwen I I live my life at, I'm a fear-based person <laughs> right I, I definitely hear you because it happens to me a lot and people are be like, what? You're so positive. And I'm like, because I don't post that part on social media. <laughs> I don't post my breakdowns on social media. Um, I talk about it after I learn my lesson. Um, but what I like to tell people is that it's going to happen. So we are not 100% productive, creative, awesome because we are human. And so that's the first thing, awareness and acceptance that that's going to happen. The second thing I do is sometimes like I'm one of those people who are super determined. I can do this. I'm just going to power through and it, it like backfires. So the, the thing that I do when I hit a wall and I'm seeing like, okay, I'm not being productive. I don't have any ideas. I'm not feeling my usual um, bubbly productive self. I, I literally stop. Like I get up, I either go for a walk um, I take a yoga class, like I do some dance music, like I give myself a couple hours to kind of just be out of that space and give myself a mental break. Um, that could mean, you know, three hours of Netflix. It could mean, you know, whatever it is you need to do. Um, sometimes I just take the rest of the day off because we do need to recharge and you can't expect yourself to just be running, running, running all the time. And I've done that before I've been burned out. Um, and those burnouts, the longer that you ignore it and keep going, the longer the burnouts are. So I've had, I've had burnouts for a week. I've had burnouts for two weeks. And so 
now that I've experienced that, the minute I feel it, I immediately stop whatever I'm doing. Mm. Obviously, like if there's something due, then, you know, I try to make it work. But if I can, I take the rest of the day off. Sometimes if it's like a Friday afternoon, which sometimes it just happens to be Friday afternoon, I just take <laughs> Friday afternoon, the weekend off, and I just start on Monday, assuming there are no projects due. Um, but yeah, taking time away is the best medicine. Um, my husband and I uh, are hikers. Um, that's what we love to do. That's how we met. Um, so we love to go on hikes and just like being outside. Um, maybe not now. Maybe just walk around your neighborhood now. Um, but that's really helped me. It's just like taking a step back and stepping away and letting, um, letting yourself create that space for the creativity to come back. Yeah, because like you said, I mean, if you reach a point of burnout, you're not going to be productive, you're not going to be creative. And so um, getting to know yourself like you do, and you feel it coming on and you don't feel like yourself. I mean, yeah, I think it it is really difficult because I hear so many people talk about, or like Gary V kind of talks about this, which I think he, a lot of people don't like it um, because he works 24 seven, but um, a lot of us just punish ourselves when we, we take breaks. Like we're just not doing enough or we, you know, we could be being productive right now instead of just, you know, being in the moment and watching a movie with, you know, your husband or significant other. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so important. I've reached those burnouts too, and it's miserable. <laughs> Yeah, it's really where like the whole talking to yourself really works. It's like, okay, Gwen, stop what you're doing. (laughs) You know what's happening. It's kind of like when you feel like a cold coming on or like the flu and you're like, okay, I need to start drinking some vitamin C and stuff like that. It's the same thing. It's like you feel the symptoms, you know it. Uh, Assuming that, you know, you spend some time and getting to know your body, you can kind of feel it physically. um, And that way you can you know, get in front of it before it gets bad. Because then I've, I've been there and it's like, I don't feel like doing anything for a week. And that like sets me back because I want to be able to serve my students to my, to the best of my ability, to my fullest capacity. And so if I'm not at that space and in that mental and physical space, like I'm doing them a disservice. And that's the worst thing for me, because that's, that's my only mission in life. Mm hmm. Yeah, you, what do they? You put your oxygen mask on before your kids, right? <laughs> exactly. I just, I think I just said that in like yesterday's live or something. But yeah, exactly. Like you need to take care of you so that you can help others because you can't, you can't do that if you don't take care of yourself first. Yeah, totally. Um, so at the end of every show, I, I like to ask my guests um, what the silver lining of their career, their life has been. So maybe some something good that came out of something negative. Did you have anything that came to mind? Um, yes, definitely. I mean, I've been through a lot of challenges in my life. Like one of the things that I talk to my uh, audience about is being a survivor of, you know, child abuse and sexual assault and, um, and then kind of like losing my way when I was in like my 20s. And I was like, why am I doing these jobs? I don't even know where it's going. But look at at where I am now, like all of that led to where I am. And so uh, the silver lining is that if you are looking for what you're meant to do um, and you've seen yourself like going through so many detours and failures and lessons, know that all of that is just leading you in the right direction. And one of the affirmations that I I like to use is I'm always uh, in the right place at the right time. 
um, I write that out every single day to remind myself, like, sometimes I get impatient of why am I not there yet? Why am I not at this goal yet? And it's really because I'm not meant to be there. I'm meant to be where I am today because there's still a lot of things I need to learn and there's still people to meet and things to know and things to discover. Um, and so the silver lining is always there. And if you haven't seen it yet, it's not there yet. So just keep going. Mm, that was so good. I'm just going to take that. <laughs> I'm going to put it to something, but I totally agree with you. Um, and I would love to hear before we go a little bit um, about your podcast. I want to hear some more about that and Spark School um, and, and where people can find you. Sure. So I started my podcast, The Spark Show, and that came out from my brand. So when I just started The LA Girl and people started asking me about how to be an influencer, I just created a free Facebook group. That's kind of how I started The Spark Society. And then I started creating, you know, courses, programs. I have a membership um, called The Spark Society VIP, and that's where I teach uh, my students on how to build their personal brand, grow their following and monetize specifically through brand sponsorships. And I also teach them how to launch, you know, their first online offer, uh, their membership, whatever revenue stream that they want to go through. And so that's kind of where my, um, that's kind of like all the facets of my business in addition to the LA Girl and working with, with brands and getting sponsorships. And my vision for the Spark School has always been to be like an online school for influencers and entrepreneurs who want to make an impact in the world. And impact is like our biggest um, mission and kind of our uh, the, the one thing that drives us forward. And I, I'm so blessed to attract influencers that are not just in it for the followers and the likes and the bikini shots and all those selfies, but really <laughs> to help their audiences. And I love mm -hmm. that I get to be a part of it because these people have cute, bigger audiences. And so my goal is to eventually help, you know, a hundred thousand influencers and with 10,000 followers each, that's 1 billion people in the world. Wow. Well, you're going to do it, especially if you just keep doing what you're doing. I have to tell you this. When I started following your TikToks and I was in a standstill with my Instagram, I had not gained in over a year. I had been losing followers and I was just listening to everything you're saying, like give value, like who are you? And I changed my captions and I started trying to give away more value. And within three weeks, I had gained like almost 700 followers and that hadn't happened. And that was literally just from hearing you and taking your advice. So if anyone is listening, she's legit. <laughs> and it, I mean, it, it really is amazing. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for, for helping so many people. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's words like that from people that keep me going. And that's why people are like, how do you do all this stuff? It's like when people say stuff like that, and when I hear all the, the positive comments and the results that people are getting, even who are not my students, like you just found me on social and like getting mm -hmm. that value just from that content. That's why I want to show up every day. That's why I put hair and makeup on every morning so I can you know, <laughs> do TikTok, do stories. Like that's why I want to show up. Because if, you know, if there's one person like you and like how many other people could that help? 
totally. I mean, yeah. Oh, this was so good. And I'm so excited that we could push through all the, these Zoom technical difficulties. <laughs> and I'm so happy you were on the show. Thank you for taking your time to do this. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Shakers, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Again, we all hope you guys are staying healthy and safe. Um, And just know we are always here for you guys if you ever want to talk to us. Um, As always, you can find us on Instagram at the Salt and Pepper Podcast. And you can find us personally at Olivia Crin and at Lisa Brasser Ursu. Don't worry, there are links in the show notes below because uh, those are very confusing. So. You can also find us on Facebook at the Salt and Pepper Podcast Insiders and you can join our group there where we talk about more things in depth and we just get to know you guys a lot better. Uh, If you haven't yet, if you could subscribe, rate, and review, it means so much to us, especially in this time. It helps us get on those charts so more people can hear our show. Uh, If you have any questions or comments about the show, feel free to DM us or email us at any time. And again, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Tune in every Tuesday on the saltandpepperpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and please rate and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Salt and Pepper Podcast. Make sure to like and follow our Facebook page and email us for any questions, comments, or ideas about what you want to hear on the show. We will see you next Tuesday. I'm all shook up.